morning. It's technically afternoon, but whenever you're listening to this, greetings, hello. Um, you are listening to OC3 Frequencies, a podcast by the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. We are a division of the City of Dallas Office of Arts and Culture. I am the manager, Rafael Tamayo, and I am here with our staff. Hi, it's Iris. Hey, y'all, Monica. And we're excited because right now we have an exhibit in our gallery, and the title is Subtle Changes, by a really talented artist. And I'm going to let the artist introduce herself and tell you a little bit about herself. Hi, I'm Jessica Valdivieso. I'm an artist from Santa Cruz de la Sierra, Bolivia. Um, but I'm based here in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm mostly a painter, but I use a lot of uh, three-dimensionality and space in my work. So um, I would not only say I'm only a painter, Um, but yeah. Spoken like a true artist. (laughs) Well, welcome. Welcome to the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. Um, We uh, recently celebrated the opening reception of your show oh yeah that was uh, really fun yeah it was it was a lot of fun I remember sorry I always like geek out because I remember when Iris first mentioned you last year and how um you know she was really impressed with your work and she kind of just from the the sheer explanation that she gave I was like okay this is gonna be cool and then you see the photos Uh, and then it's like man this is really cool and then you see it in person and it doesn't even compare to any um, of that, but we had a really good um, opening reception for you. We're all excited, but yeah, no, thank you for for joining us. Um, I think we should just jump right in because I feel like this is going to be a really interesting conversation. Um, so yeah, yeah, let's jump in. Um, so congratulations, you did have a really good turnout at your um, reception, thank and it was you. so fun to see you talking to everyone and talking about the work. Um, So I want to start off with um, asking you what, because I know you have a unique background um, in terms of like what you studied. So what solidified your interest in art making? Like when did that start? That started really early uh, when I was young, Uh, you know, painting in general. Uh, I was passionate about art. I learned about art early on. and I was told that, you know, art wasn't a career, that art wasn't going to be something that was going to, um, you know, be, I was not going to be successful as an artist. That's hard, you know, and you cannot make money with art. So I was kind of induced to do architecture, but I love architecture. So it's kind of hard to say that because I love architecture, but I was kind of like forced to study architecture um and I I I think I like that path a lot like I like that I had to study architecture because I learned something very um broad about design in general in architecture you like learn like something big you know like the panoramic view basically um and then in art you know you focus more in form and beauty and other, other other things that are deep in art you know so I think that um, at some point in architecture, I was like, I love this, but I don't see myself as an architect. Like, I see myself as an artist. Like, I can't do this, you know. So it was a hard decision to make because I was already like in my third year of architecture, fourth year of architecture. So, um, you know, living in fourth year of architecture is just like you only have 
two more years like wow. might as well we just stay you know mm -hmm. but you know at some point you realize like I can't stop you know I can't do this anymore like I want to do art like I I realized that art wasn't like you know something um like it's necessary you know I thought at, at some point I'd look down upon art because I didn't understand how necessary it is for society to express themselves through art, you know, mm -hmm. um, and how you can like record a time or express the way you think in that time, you know. Mm -hmm. You, um, if, if, so you didn't necessarily want to pursue architecture when you were doing it, but then you're saying you do have this appreciation now, knowing what you know now, Is there anything that you would tell yourself going through that that would kind of... Because, I mean, I feel like I have nephews and I feel like oh, a lot yeah. of times, you know, with, with kids, um, you try to let oh, them yeah. understand that a lot of this is for their own good and they don't get it right away. But right. I feel like as an adult, I, I've gone through yeah. some of those things too. So what would you... Okay, so when I was in architecture, I think that I was really young, you know, and I didn't understand you need to sleep and like rest and have like a balanced life just as much as you have to work you know I was so passionate that I just wanted to work and I was in the studio all day you know and I was sleep deprived and didn't eat well and I think that like treats you into being a mental state that it's not healthy and I think that I think contributed to the fact that like I, I didn't finish architecture, you know, and I think that I would tell my, my young self, like, you know, just take a breath, you know, go work out, go out with your friends, have a normal life, go to the studio, have a balanced life, finish architecture, and then be an artist, you know, like, because yeah. it was only two years. So I think that if I would have done it again, I would go back and finish those two years of architecture, you know. Mm -hmm. but I don't know you know you never you you never know because like now I'm I'm super happy with my art career you know and I would not change this for anything so maybe it was the yeah. right so, decision what I I'm did I'm, I feel like I have a million questions so, and so just to kind of add on to that last and I, I promise this will be my last question mm -hmm. um do you feel like because what you said your opinion on art and it being I'm, I, I agree with you. I think it's absolutely necessary for society. Um, do you think that you would have reached that level of understanding of the impact of art had you not gone through architecture? That's a good question, you know, yeah. because in architecture, I had to like actually learn a lot about art in architecture because we had to learn about history. So I did take like you know, civilization history one, two, and then also took like architecture history classes, you know. Mm -hmm. So you learn a lot, a lot about society. And I also learned a lot. I, I took like a social studies class or something like, you know, something like that. And so learning about society and like art through the times, you know, made me realize how art, how important art is, mm -hmm. basically. So I think that That's that was my appreciation even before starting to you know um, study art in in college you know basically and and do you think like like um, and and y'all will have to check out some of the work on Instagram or just come in and see the show um, it's up through February twenty fifth but 
Do you think, I mean, just looking at you, your work, I mean, anyone can see that there is an, an architectural influence in the work. And, and um, you know, I don't know if we'll talk about this, you know, more later in, in the podcast, but you do talk about, um, you know, the cathedral in your hometown being like this sort of like awe-inspiring architectural, um, you know, space that has inspired you know, the way that you work and the way that you think about space and the way you think about lines in space and those kinds of things. So it's there. The architecture is there. It's just not, you're not designing, you know, city buildings and things like that. Right, exactly. It's 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 incredible that, you know, something that you're passionate about, it, it doesn't need to be like the, the thing you're making really. Like, you know, I, I, it, it took me really long time to realize that, I love architecture, but I don't need to make it. Like mm -hmm. I can be inspired by it and do other things with that knowledge on, on on architecture, you know. Because in architecture, you learn a lot about history, a lot about culture, and like how society works, how city work, like the 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 you know the patterns in the cities, how people work, like you know how they move, how they act in different spaces. And that's what inspires me, you know. And in the presentation that I'm going to give this Saturday at 11 a.m., um, I have uh, in-depth, uh, you know, uh, kind of like description of how like Santa Cruz is an inspiring place uh, in architecture for me. It's it's a beautiful architecture throughout the city, uh, especially the downtown historic area. And it's like so inspiring to see those buildings. Making the presentation was really nice for me. You know, it was very enjoyable because it made me realize how much of that is in my work without me even noticing it. You know, mm -hmm. it's like... It's something you have in inside yourself because architecture, what you grow up around, like it's very ingrained in your identity. And, you know, I didn't realize about this until I was working in this presentation. So I'm so glad I'm doing this <laughs> presentation, you know. It's made me so happy. It's it's it made it made me really it's making me really happy to understand my roots, you know, and I think that I, I had a, a good understanding of, of it, you know, but you never will understand something as much until you write about it and like make a visual analysis of it, you know, put all let these pictures together. Let yourself process it. Let yourself process it. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty awesome. And you talk a lot about Bolivia and Santa Cruz specifically. Um, yes. and, and you mentioned the cathedral and there's like a piece in this show that is just you walk in and it's like you you cannot miss it. And it's the cathedral, you know, it's yes. I mean, there's a mirror on the floor and it reflects. So it makes you really feel like you're walking into a space like you're the space is expanding beyond what, you know, was initially just the panels of the yes. painting. So, um and that's typically the feeling that you get when you walk into a cathedral, especially, you know, yes. their cathedrals are really prominent in South America, Mexico, you know, it's yes. huge cathedrals. So um, how do you kind of take that and make it, because it looks modern when you see it in the, in subtle changes. How do you do that? Right. That's a really great question, you know, because like 
I think that I I take the essence of of the cathedral, like what you're saying, you know, the the feeling of you know the magic feeling of being somewhere holy, you know, um, you can you know you can take that and kind of like reflect that in the lines in the like you know simplicity of of the drawing mm-hmm. um and also like i realized when i made a drawing which took me so long to make um like months you know um it also took me a lot of time to process that idea you know so it took me a really long of time look just looking at the drawing mm-hmm. and thinking how am i going to show how grandiose this space really is. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it has to be with scale, you know, it has to be with with something big, you know, with big canvases uh, that create a space that surrounds you and you can feel like you're looking up to something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's so what, what architecture does when it's good architecture, you know, it makes you look up, and like you just want to keep looking, you know. There's a lot of spaces like that in Dallas, you know. Um, there is uh, the area where uh, the Adolfo's building and the Magnolia building, you know, uh, those buildings are incredible, you know. I can't stop looking at them. Uh, when I go there, I can only look at that. It's <laughs> incredible. It's it, so architecture does that when it's designed well, and. I think that spaces, they also have this incredible quality that they make you feel things. They make you feel emotions, you know, they make you feel either like optimistic or they can make you feel like, you know, um, at ease or not at ease, you know, in tension. Um, And so I think that's what is so interesting that I learn in architecture that I want to put in my artwork. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. pretty awesome. I think you've done it. And and since you were talking about that sort of like, you know, ease and unease, I'm going to jump to like a, a question mm-hmm. that's kind of one that I had at the end here, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it since we're talking about it. But yeah. you have a painting and we've talked about this. We talked about it, you know, yeah. when we were installing the show um, and it's the painting titled Intensa. And so um, when I was, you know, lay, doing the layout and hanging, um, and we had that conversation where I mentioned that I had this like really like strong physical reaction to it. And it, it's got this contrast in it. It's got it's orange and green, right? And normally like you see that with like very complementary colors. And orange and green aren't complementary on the color wheel, but they still have that like kind of vibratory effect. Yeah. And like it really is it, it is intense. Yeah, you know, well, it's also it's, like very neon, it's almost. Very neon. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of gives you like if you're very sensitive, visual person, it it really affects you, and it kind of was like giving me an almost kind of like headachey kind of like yeah. vertigo feeling. Oh yeah, why, why did you decide to paint like that? <laughs> How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's. I think that I love. You know, portraying these strong emotions that I feel. Um, I think that I have these intense moments, you know, and also moments of uh, calm or, or, or ease or optimism, you know. And and that's what I like to show. So these, these spaces that you're seeing, you know, they're spaces, but they also have a mood uh, specific to the, that time period, you know. So, for example, that painting, I painted it. 
2019, in the summer, my first summer in Texas here. And I was going to the Katy Trail a lot because I love the great Katy Trail. Mm -hmm. It's like one of my favorite places here in Dallas. And I remember that it was like, you know, there was shade, uh, but it was so hot, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of like what that uh, space of Intensa reminds me about. Not only that space, you know, talking about physically, you know, but that time space of that summer, you know, like an intense, hot summer. Um, and also, like, you know, I get a little bit manic in the summer, so I think that also is Intensa, you know, that is why that the title, you know, and my friends when I grew up, like, sometimes were like, oh, just so stan intensa you know <laughs> and i'd be like okay i'll try to calm down you know <laughs> so i used to do a lot of sports growing up and i do like so much activity you know because i have so much energy and and you know so i can get intense sometimes so <laughs> that that painting what you described right now i get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> like being out in the katie trail when it's really hot and the sun's out like i i'm gonna date myself but Futurama <laughs> there's a there's a frog in Futurama it's a show it's a cartoon and it's the frog is called Hypnotoad and his his eyes are just like this these oscillating pupils and so when I saw that that's what I thought of but now it's like you know when you stare or like the sun reflects from the concrete or something mm -hmm. oh you stare yeah. yeah and so you start um, to see it I'm like that's the effect that I get that <laughs> really yeah. you know what I got I got like Yes, I get like intensa, but it, for me it was like intensa, like optimism. Like I'm gonna conquer, I'm gonna do something, and it's bright, and there's so much in the future. It's yeah. not quite like it's so bright and blinding, but there's something there, and it's like optimistic. That's what I got from it. That's so, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I do feel like a lot of my paintings are optimistic and looking towards the future like that, you know, because. I feel like um, I'm always trying to learn more and I don't feel like, you know, I have reached all I want to like learn about painting, you know, so I think that that kind of like, you know, uh, I that kind of thing comes through my mind when I do this work, you know. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting. Um, I guess, you know, some of the questions that I had. Because when Iris mentioned it, she mentioned she mentioned uh, gesso, how you work with gesso a lot. Um, and I'm not from the art world, so I was like, what the heck is gesso? <laughs> <laughs> um, so could you tell us, like, what is gesso and right. what led you to use it? Why is it such a, you know, huge part of your practice in art? Yes, it's, it's an interesting uh, material. Uh, it's super basic. You know, it's the most basic material a painter can have. Mm -hmm. Because you need gesso to start a painting. Usually, um, you know, usually most painters, at least uh, that I know, they gesso their their surface before they start a painting. They can, you know, the painting can be either with oil or it can be with acrylic, you know, whatever the material they use. But usually they use a gesso only to, you know, uh, kind of like um, fix the surface and just keep it dry, you know, it keeps things dry. It has a really nice quality, like it's it's a thick material, mm -hmm. um, and I really like it because you can build up with it a lot, you know, so I use it to build up um, 
thickness, you know, in the in the canvas, mm-hmm. so I can create different depths and kind of create like a topography in the painting, you know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it plays with light, you know. So the and white and the gesso is white, you know. So uh, white is the best. It's an it's not a color. It's a non-color. Um, so it's a great quality. It's a it's a go, it's a great surface that will reflect light, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so light has color, so that light will be reflected in the painting, and it will have some shade, you know, mm-hmm. of that light um, or the environment around the painting. So I think that's what I I, I like gesso so much because it's it's a, it's a really nice shade of white and it's consistent. It's always the same white. And it's it has a great texture to build up, um, you know, mm-hmm. the painting. Super interesting because you say that and I think of it as like cement. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to architecture yeah. in some yes. way, like a little bit. It's funny. Yeah. And I think the plus is, if I remember correctly, um, gesso is pretty cheap. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's a lot cheaper than buying paint. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Comes in a big bucket usually. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you can get a gallon of it, yeah. you know, and it's it's easy, you know. Um, I I I mean, it's a lot easier than definitely, um, you know, creating the gradient paintings. All the all the different shades in one of those paintings, you know, at least it's like twenty different shades of, uh, you know, the two colors combined, mm-hmm. um, and that I need to either keep up, you know to like later on you know if you miss one painting you need to fix it and if I don't have that paint I need to create it again Mm -hmm. um if I and usually you know I'm not gonna keep it for more than six months yeah Yeah. so you almost need like a little um notebook with all of like the mathematical measurements yes. of like how much cyan you put and how much, you know, magenta. Yes. So mathy for yes. art. <laughs> that's how, uh, um, you know, that's, that's how we should do it. Definitely. <laughs> so that's really interesting. Cause one of my other questions was, you know, you have some of these paintings that are just gesso and it's white and it's, like you said, absence of color. And then you have the painting like Intensa or like the cathedral that is just like a blast of color. What kind of, you know, these are two different, like they're on completely different spectrums in terms of color. How how do you do that? You know, what takes you from like an Intensa and then, you know, all the way to just white? Yes, that's a great question. I, I really like working with opposites, you know, like I really like working with an idea and think about that op- the opposite of that idea, you know, um, and think how that idea would be, you know, if I work on it. So, like, so for example, um, I've been working on the on the color paintings for two years, three years almost, and um, I, I they they're large paintings. Most of them are sixty by forty eight inches, and and they are very colorful, loud colors, right? And their their reactions in the colors are intense and or sometimes, you know, um, sometimes they are not. But I I work on that for like about three years and then I realize, wow, I've learned a lot about color and how color interacts and how this this, you know, makes people feel and think in and, and, and you know, how they be, make people think. 
Um, but I want to now, like, you know, kind of like study how uh, texture works and how depth and, and shadows and light work instead of uh, focusing on color, you know. Mm -hmm. Color is very distracting, you know. So whenever I work with lines, um, um, the lines and the color together have a very interesting interaction and it's in, it's in, it's intense and so but it doesn't let you focus in the lines basically the mm -hmm. color gets in the way of the lines that's I how I feel after working on the lines with color for a long time you know yeah so then I realized okay I need to get rid of color to understand how the lines work by itself so that's why I remove Uh, the color, and I will be making the white paintings for a long time until I exhaust that idea <laughs> and I, I come up with something, you know, new to do. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm always thinking of what I'm going to paint next, you know. Even when I'm not painting, I'm, I'm thinking of yeah. that all the time, you know. It's like in my, constantly in my head, even like when I'm watching a show, you know, I'm not... I'm watching the show, but I can sometimes out of nowhere come up with an idea and I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> because that's what art does, you know, when you love art and love making art, like you can't stop thinking about how are you going to make your next art piece, basically. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite things about visiting with artists in their studios is that being an artist myself, I always get super inspired. And I know the two times that we've had studio visits, I've left your studio and just felt like, I need to go home and make some art. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I was thinking too. You know, we make art to like inspire each other, you know, mm -hmm. it's like a circle of inspiration. And it's really nice in Dallas because we like have a great, you know, community of artists. So it's, you're in constant, uh, in, you know, you're all constantly in stimulation of art, you know, and, and inspira inspiration, it's beautiful. And I think that's what's so important about art, you know, and making art, like you are inspiring people and people inspiring you and you're learning uh, as a society together how to express, you know. Basically, yeah. So, um, going on that, who are some of your artistic influences? And I know you're going to talk a little bit about this in presentation um, on Saturday at 11 a.m., y'all. Um, but if you could give us just like a little bit, you know, you don't have to give us the whole thing, but I do want them to hear on the podcast. Um, yeah. Because I think um, if you look at some of the artists that I think, I think you're going to mention – and look back at the history of their work, you'll understand like why you make the work that you make. Yes, absolutely. I, um, I love Mon uh, Piet Mondrian. He's an amazing painter um, that had an incredible journey. And can, that was, that's going to be part of the presentation that I'm going to give. And I'm going to go uh, and, and show you how his journey, you know, was... Uh, transformation of painting and how you know you can evolve your ideas into something completely different than what you started doing and then also I really like Sol Levit uh, because he he was also a great artist because 
he, he showed me he he showed me how to work in process how to have like a serial uh thinking how to think in series you know how to make a lot of work and think you know um that that your best work is not only uh one painting or something but it's like the process uh, the whole thing like the whole career that's that's your best work so I think that I learned from from him that you don't have to worry too much about like being fancy or um, you know trying to impress anyone you know just you know trying to impress yourself basically oh that's important because sometimes we get into the idea that we're competing with other people but really you know, impress yourself, make yourself happy. Yes. Yes. With what you're making. That's awesome. Um, so I want to ask, um, a one last kind of technical question in terms of like you working as an artist. Um, that is the scale that you work in. So in the exhibit in subtle changes right now, when you all come in to see the show, cause you will, um, <laughs> you have, you know, something that's like eight by eight by four feet. And then you have a tiny little painting that's like eight inches by five and a half inches. And so I, I, I know just personally like being an artist and then also seeing how other artists work that not everyone is able to work in that kind of variety of scale. That's a huge range. Right. I mean, and you have everything in between too. And so I'm interested in like, you know, how, how did you like find that comfort in working with scale and how does the scale also relate to like your intention, like the, the kind of point you want to get across in the work? Yes, that's a great question. I, I started working with big, a big painting in a really small, tiny apartment. And I think that was something that inspired me later on to think like I can always paint big. Like, you know, you can always make a big painting if you want to. And my first big painting was 48 by 36. So it wasn't that big, but it was big for me at that time, you know. And I, I did it in my apartment, in my little apartment in Fayetteville, Arkansas, you know, when I was a student. Uh, I, I wasn't as, I mean, this was like my last, it was right after my last semester of, of college, you know. So I was just graduated, basically. Um, and... I made an, a painting that made me really excited. And because I had other things in my room, it made me experiment with other things that I had in my room, you know? So I, I made my painting that is called The Grid, the Grid and it's um, homage to like the grid system that it's used in architecture and, and design and art, you know? And because I use the grid in all of my paintings and I obviously love uh, all of this, you know? So this painting was really exciting because I used a mirror in the floor and I put the painting on top of the mirror and I used a fluorescent light with the painting. So I didn't even know what I was doing. I was experimenting, you know, and I realized way later on when I installed it at uh, my at time boyfriend's uh, house, you know, now my husband Guillermo, um, I installed it there. He had a lot of more room, so it looked like, you know, it could be in a show. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting, you know? And it was, um, that was like, you know, how I realized you can make big paintings in small rooms kind of situation. And I realized that the scale had a lot to do with the, the kind of like, um, 
how effective the, the work was, you know. Mm -hmm. If the painting wasn't big enough, the the space or that that I created with those lines uh, in the painting or the painting would not be as impactful in the viewer. So I realized that with that painting. And later on, um, I just was working with big paintings for a really long time uh, because, you know, I've always uh, prioritized being an artist. So, you know, we, we, used, we, have, a, we have a lot of space when we were in Arkansas. Um, so I had a lot of space to make big paintings there. And then um, when I was, I went back home for like a year and a half um, and I, I painted big paintings in a small apartment there and, you know, it was okay. And I was never really comfortable with the small paintings at that moment because I was trying to create spaces that kind of like integrated the viewer in the painting. Um, mm -hmm. So like small paintings just kind of didn't make sense to me at that moment, you know. I, I learned to make the small paintings like just not that long ago, like maybe like two, like a year ago. Uh, I started painting in my apartment at, because, you know, I, I got, I, I had too many paintings, I think, in my studio at the time. <laughs> and, and I was like, I'm just going to see what happens if I paint in my apartment, you know. So I just experimented with these small paintings and it was interesting because I, I, I was using, now I, I had these frames, you know, in my apartment um, that I, they, they, I was going to use them for, for my wedding photos. And I end up like, <laughs> I end up using them for some work because they were really nice, you know. And I, I was like, this would be really good for peace. So I just That's like, hilarious. <laughs> I need to get frames for my wedding photos now. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but anyways, I experimented with those frames and that was a really good experimentation because I made now all these paintings with the frames that were small. And I like the frames because they address a small space in the painting. So they kind of like an exterior of an interior, you know, mm. that's how I see it. You know? Oh, that's super interesting. Kind of like the facade of the building, you know, oh, yes. and, and the interior of the building. And I think that that, that made me like think of the space in scale because I like to think of like everything in scale, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I now I can have a scale now with this frame and it, I made all these small paintings that made sense to me, you know, that now they had the right scale. Mm -hmm. um, and now also what it was nice about the frames is that they kind of make you focus in the painting and they make people have a more like, um, you know, come closer and have a more int intimate relationship with the painting than the larger ones. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll look at those frames the same again. No, <laughs> they were meant for your wedding photos. <laughs> Some of them, not all of them. Okay, not all. Know, of them, but okay. yeah, so don't feel too bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's wonderful, and I think you're right. Up, I mean, you know, obviously you are right. Um, it's your work. But um, it really does do what you want it to do. Those frames really make you focus yeah. on what's in that interior part of the canvas. Yeah, right. And, you know, 
we've had this conversation before where you talk about like that, that frame and how you've painted it to the edge, you know, by the way, all the, the, the gesso paintings are gessoed all the way to the frame. <laughs> so you don't see this, you know, like uh, black or, or brown or whatever color frame you see the gesso right. on the frame, but, and how that kind of like creates this, like, it's like a literal little architectural space. Right. Or yeah. like a model, like an architectural model. Yeah. I was kind of thinking when you were talking about working with scale, I was like, oh, does this, is this coming somewhere from maybe like in the back of her architecture brain where she, when she made, you know, scale models for class? That makes so much sense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still I, in there. You can't get rid of it. I can't get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like we're discovering little bits and pieces I feel yeah. of like the architecture are. brain. Yeah. 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 I think that's what's great too about, about talking about your work and hearing other people's perception of it is that, you know, you're, you know, we're getting something from you and you're getting something from us, hopefully. Oh, like, yeah. In the conversation and the dialogue. Definitely. And, Learning and, a lot. And yes. that's what happens, you know, between artists, too. It's yes. like we're always talking and, and getting so excited. Yeah, getting and super like, excited. like, oh, my God, I need to work now. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> you have, yes. like, a, um, there's this, I don't know how to explain it, but it's this heightened sense of self-awareness in the way that you talk about your work, um, which I think is extremely fascinating because I believe, I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm, if my eye is drawn to something is one thing. Um, and when you're able to have a conversation with, you know, whoever produced that work, I think it always gives a lot of, you know, it, it, it validates a lot of what the viewer might you know, stumble upon, but it also kind of lets you know what the artist was intending, right? But I think um, there's been plenty of times where I've had conversations and um, I feel like the artist might find it challenging to kind of explain or elaborate or talk about anything from process to what they intended to do or how they felt about, you know, when they were producing the work and things like that. And you have a really... Um, like the way you articulate these things, um, the way you put it all together. Uh-oh. No, and I, I'm I saying... I can't believe this is going on. Thank goodness. <laughs> I, have, I have tried. Uh, I think, you know, it's a lot of trying uh, and writing so much. First, you know, it's so hard. Like, I think that it, it took me a really long time to have this confidence about all, all that I'm doing, you know. I think it takes so long to know what you're doing because first you're doing everything intuitively. Mm -hmm. Usually as an artist, you are. At least I was. Mm -hmm. And and it took me years to even know what I was doing, you know? And and then it took me a really long time to know how to explain it too. Um, but it helps so much to make a visual presentation and, and, and write about exactly what you're going to say because it makes you think exactly... Every single, every single piece and detail of your story, because like you know, that's that was. I think that making this presentation for Saturday, it it helped me to understand uh, how to explain my my work. You know, how to make people understand these these lines are are meaningful. Um, and and art doesn't need to look a certain way to have value or or say something. And I, I like that that about the lines, you know. Mm. I mean, it's 
you know, I feel like a lot of the time, not, not that I'm, <laughs> I'm holding artists accountable and they need to answer these questions, but you know, I feel like because I'm a, I, I take all of this stuff in, I feel like my question that always comes up is why, why has your work moved me this way? And I don't always get the answer, right? I'm like, I don't know why I like this. I don't know why this is so interesting to me. Um, but that's what that's what I appreciate about art because sometimes I can't quite figure it out. I can't. Oh, I yeah. don't understand why I'm drawn to something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is always extremely helpful in that journey of 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 life or whatever you you know whatever moves you um, to be able to hear you know on on, on the other end. Um, what what the person that made this work brought to the table and what they had and the journey that they traveled through because mm-hmm. you know you might we, we even in explaining some of your work you could be telling the people that it's just gesso or that it's you know repurposed this or that you did you studied architecture and the lines and that's cool um, because it does add a layer but when you combine all of that and you hear you know the stories I think it definitely brings you closer to that point of, of okay, this understanding, this communication, we've already had such a lengthy conversation just from all of the work you have in there right. without even talking to you. And now all of that makes so much more sense. So it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm glad that we are doing this conversation because it also, you know, um, it's like you say, I, I don't think that you can understand this by just um, reading a little description or something because it has so much... Uh, meaning in 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 the way that uh, you know I portrayed art in in how I learned about architecture and also also my influence in in Bolivia and my how I grew up there and the culture and the architecture there um, definitely influenced my interest in in architecture in general. So I think that you never understand completely an artist until you you learn about their background, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and their interests and how how that together is in the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's really important not to t- take something just at face value and like you know look at it and decide right then and there. Like especially with art, right, or music especially or any of the yeah. arts. Yeah, and just like go, oh, I don't like it or I do like it. I mean, if you know, if you don't or if you're kind of like you know, oh, I don't know, hesitant then learning about it, learning the background of the artist, learning, you know, about the style of art or whatever, really, really helpful Yes. in terms of like at least appreciating it. Right. You know, if not like, you know, enjoying the work. Yeah. It's all about the history and the context of the history because like, you know, um, what is happening right now, it's not the same that was happening in the 1960s, you know. So mm-hmm. artists that were doing uh, certain things with painting at that time, they were shocking people in certain ways that they, that maybe now wouldn't shock anyone, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's all about that, that history around the work, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, this is good stuff. This has been really great. <laughs> I cannot wait for the presentation. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I guess we can. I can. We can talk about that towards the end. But is there anything? So, if if people listening, if they can't make it to Oak Cliff Cultural Center before February twenty fifth, which I don't see why they can't, unless they're not from around here. But even then, um, they should keep up to date with all the social media and stuff. Where can can someone like 
maybe look at some of your work or what can we expect from you in the future? Yes. Um, you can look at my work in Instagram. I'm, I'm mostly there. It's Jess.Baldi, um, J-E-S-S dot B-A-L-D-I. Um, and I have a website that is www.jessbaldi.com. And, you know, I try to keep that up to date, basically. And, um, yeah, that's for now what uh, what's going on. I, I'm working on a lot of projects for this year, um, but I can't disclose anything yet. Perfect. Ooh, <laughs> excited. <love> that. <laughs> that's exciting. Yes. It's always cool to hear. Because uh, I'm always like, what's going to happen in the future? And I feel like we've gotten away with some people giving up some information where they weren't supposed to. But um, it's exciting to, obviously, always exciting to hear that there's work happening. But um, that just means that we have a lot to look forward to. Yes, there's a lot of work happening, definitely. You know, I don't want to jinx it, so. Yeah, Yeah, don't jinx it. Um, So will this be out before? It will. Saturday? Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, for those of you that are listening, Jessica will be um, presenting a workshop after an artist talk on this Saturday at Oak Cliff Cultural Center um, from 11 a.m. to 1230. Um, She's also going to be giving participants these great little booklets to go along with a workshop um, where you can take notes and make drawings. And you heard her talk here. She's confident. She knows what she's doing. (laughs) She knows herself as an artist. And she's going to share the same thing so you can reach that potential as well. Yes. Cool. Yeah, I hope everyone can make it. Um, We're going to learn a lot about how to overcome, um, you know, how to just grow as an artist, how to change, how to overcome uh, snack, stack network, and and yeah, you're gonna enjoy it. I'm I'm sure you will. Super important stuff. Yeah, sounds fun. Yeah. All right, right. RC three. Any final final words, parting remarks, anything, anyone? I mean, I think that. This was a uh, intensa, un, 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 <laughs> podcast, in, un podcast intenso. That's so. the name of the episode. <laughs> 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 I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Yo también. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jessica Valdivieso. Um, yes, if you've listened to the podcast, make sure you swing by the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. Her exhibit, Subtle Changes, is on view until February 25th. Um, if you're listening to this and it's not February 12th yet, you can swing by the Oak Cliff Cultural Center on Saturday, February 12th for Art Process, a workshop with Jessica Valdivieso at 11 a.m. And I believe it's free and open and there's no registration, so just show up. But aside from that, make sure you check out her website, jessbaldi.com. She's also on Instagram at jess.baldi. Make sure you find and follow Oak Cliff Cultural Center. That is our handle, except for Twitter. On Twitter, we are at Oak Cliff Culture. Visit our website at occ.dallasculture.org. For our gallery hours, we're here Tuesday through Saturday from noon to 6 p.m. And you have listened to OC3 Frequencies, a podcast by the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. We're a division of the City of Dallas Office of Arts and Culture. And that is us signing off. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Adios. Woo.